You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be giving a smaller uh, company an opportunity to shine here. I know that... uh, in the past, we we always talk about the big the big brands, right? The the companies with the huge budgets, the companies that are out on social media a, a lot. But I'll tell you this: the the hunting industry is comprised of more than just the big brands. There are a ton of mom and pop shops that are uh, that make up this uh, this market, uh, this the hunting industry, the hunting community. And I feel it's only right to give them an opportunity at, at some airtime on this show and expose you, the listener, to these other brands that may go unnoticed if it wasn't for guys like me, you know, spreading the word about them. So, and the thing about this, though, is it sounds like this brand has been around for a while, uh, maybe called it quits for a little bit, had some little changes, uh, and then came out again. Um, but it, it may seem like a small or new company, but it has decades of experience behind the brand and the products that uh, they're selling. And uh, that product line is called Camp Town Gear or Camp Town Camo or however you want to say it. CampTownGear.com is their website. And they don't make a ton of products. Right now they, they make four. They make bibs, uh, hunting bibs, a hunting jacket, and a pair of hunting pants, and a hunting shirt. And that's really it. And today we're going to be ta- talking with Mike Rosenfield. He is the founder of Camp Town. He's also the manufacturer himself. So this is a, a line that is manufactured in America. 
It is 100% made in America, and he does all. He's a one-man crew. He does all of it himself. And we talk about company history today. We talk about um, why certain products in his product lines, you know, diving in deep to the product, the the material he uses, the design, all that stuff, and why he feels that his product line can compete with any other uh, a camouflage or, or hunting a, a gear on the market it's a really awesome episode and i love like i said i love giving the uh the smaller companies a shot to shine so enjoy that but before we get into today's episode i'm gonna run uh through some uh some commercials real quick TheAverageConservationist.com is an apparel line, a lifestyle brand, badass hooded sweatshirts, badass t-shirts, awesome hats, love their logo wear, uh, t-shirts are very comfortable, and I know the owner, Marcus, has a podcast on the Sportsman's uh, Nation Network here as well, The Average Conservationist, where he's doing, he's basically um, putting out a podcast about conservation, and I think this is a... Uh, it, you know, it's one of those things where com- conservation doesn't get talked about enough because it's not cool, it's not sexy, it's not, uh, it's it's not the the most important. It doesn't get the clicks and the likes and all that stuff. But it's very important. Um, and uh, Marcus and the average conservationist are doing a, a really good job at spreading that message, not only through their podcast but through their apparel line as well. The average conservationist and what makes this product line so awesome is that 10% of all of the profits that the average conservationist makes goes to a conservation effort right off the top. They don't pocket that at all. It goes to a conservation effort and uh, it helps support a local, a state, or a national uh, effort. And uh, that is something that he is dedicated to. And uh, a lot of other companies, in my opinion, should be doing this. So uh, if, if you're looking for a badass hoodie, hat, or T-shirt, awesome logo, sweet design, check out theaverageconservationist.com. And uh, lastly here, we have HuntStand. HuntStand is, uh, before I get into HuntStand, more information coming on Lone Wolf. A lot of you guys have been asking me about Lone Wolf. A lot um, There's going to be some changes and some updates. Uh, I will have more information coming your way uh, about that. And then uh, lastly is Hunt Stand. So the season for me is winding down, but that doesn't mean that I'm not already planning and prepping and getting all my... I'm always thinking about what's next, whether that's next season, whether that's turkey season, whether... You know, there's a whole bunch of different things going on here. But what I'm going to say is that if you're looking for one of the best hunting apps available, you need to go check out HuntStand.com. Read up on all of the functionality, uh, all of the robust features about uh, about the app. Uh, I mean, it does, it has so many features, right? I could sit here and, you know, list out bullet points like property boundaries, property owners, satellite imagery, um, updated satellite imagery on a monthly basis. Um, just like a whole bunch of really cool things that are, are going on uh, with that huntstand.com. And it is also the most affordable, right? Uh, it's the most affordable with the most features. And that's why it's the most popular. So huntstand.com. And uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to go check that out, I do have a discount code. Again, I'm unorganized here. Where's that? Where's that? I got it right here. Discount code for HuntStand is SN20. SN20, and that's going to save you 20% off of uh, your 
your purchase. And then the average conservationist is NFC10, NFC10, and that's going to get you 10% off of your off of that purchase. So there's that. Let's get into today's episode with Mike Rosenfield of Camp Town Camo. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Mike Rosenfield from Camp Town Gear. Mike, man, how are we doing today? Good, thanks. Thanks for the call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you reached out uh, to me through Instagram, and uh, we connected there. And uh, I like to pride myself on the Hunting Gear podcast, not only getting the big brands that everybody knows and loves, but the smaller guys an opportunity as well. And uh, you're a fairly new company, uh, but you're not new to the experience side of things when it comes to, you know, uh, clothes, uh, being a clothing manufacturer. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, your background and history with, uh, like, I guess the clothing industry. All right. Well, I'm actually third generation clothing manufacturer. My, uh, grandfather started in 1920, built a plant in Greenfield, Indiana. My father ran it for years and then started his own in, plant in Alabama back in 1963 where I we moved the whole family down there and also grew up hunting and fishing down there so I took over the business in about 87 and um, it was a good business we were dealing with the mass merchants but after NAFTA passed everything changed Um, so we finally had to shut down and then opened up a year later and started working with camouflage fleece in particular we got licensed with both Realtree and Mossy Oak and we're making basic fleece garments, pants, vests, jackets. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, kind of. So, you grew up in the South, uh, and you were into hunting and fishing, which kind of seems like a, um, you know, if you're a clothing manufacturer, you know, uh, an obvious uh, transition into the the world of camo uh, and and this fleece. So, talk to us a little bit about why you decided to go into the camouflage clothing market, um, you know, as opposed to other directions? Well, at the time, no-pill polyester fleece was becoming to be a big fabric, and still is today for bow hunters especially. And we kind of jumped on the bandwagon, and then my daughter was born, uh, first marriage, and uh, she, we immediately started making baby wear for her. I made the infant coveralls and infant toddler stuff. And when we joined with the SHOT Show, we started selling retailers, including the Academy Sport and a lot of the small chains, a lot of the fleece products. But in the meantime, we started playing around with laminating fabric to make it waterproof. And a few other companies were, but the consensus was it was too thick and not workable, and the majority of it is. But we managed to figure out a way of making waterproof fleece and started making jackets and bibs out of that. The trouble is at the SHOT Show the next year, even though it counts like this stuff, we were only licensed to do fleece for adults and children. And the waterproof fleece is a whole nother category that if they license that, they want a big company, a worldwide distributor, because they make their money, you know, as a percentage of sales of the cloth. So the even though we're doing maybe a quarter million dollars worth of children's clothing a year shields and everybody else was carrying it but it it wasn't profitable enough and i wasn't able to do the waterproof so i basically called it quits for a while and uh moved family up to new england where my wife had a has family and um 
brought some good equipment and some of the leftover waterproof fleece and uh, made a living up here. So we went through some hard times, and um, I ended up working construction, landscaping up here for a number of years, and we're a real cold climate. So I immediately started. I lived in my coat, and each year made a new one. And uh, the first year I took a leftover coat and cut one down to my daughter, who was six then, and she that was her winter coat for those two seasons and uh we realized we had a good product with waterproof fleece it um not only waterproof but it's breathable it's quiet and it dries quickly and it's very durable so i've really been pulling around for the last several years up here raising a family and then i was able to get licensed with realtree about three years ago to waterproof fleece with them and i ran a batch and um i currently have been selling at hunt shows in particular the springfield massachusetts one in february where i fit people one at a time you know people come in looking for some good stuff and i since i make the bibs in five different lengths i really can fit just about anybody but so time is on my side since i'm retired i'm 68 years old and I really am just trying to make a perfect garment and make the best jacket and bib set out there, along with I make a basic fleece top and waiter pant um, and a few accessories. We really don't go into T-shirts or hats and any other stuff. We're really trying to make a good product and stand behind it. Yeah. All right. So what led you to your current lineup? All right. You have the water. Uh, well, let me back up a bit. What is it about the actual fabric or the the cloth that you guys are are using that you feel makes it, I don't know, superior or um, beneficial for a hunter to have while out in the field? Well, you know, if it's warm weather hunting, there's so much out there and anything will work. Uh, It's not until you deal with cold weather or rain or snow that you need something that performs. and. The fact that our fabric is a laminate, it ends up being a single fabric, which is generally more like lighter weight coats. But ours, especially because of the fleece in the inside, it it has it's warmer than anything that I've been able to compare it to out there. Um, I'm not sure how it happens, but it's kind of like a, a wetsuit. And once you close yourself up, zip it up and tight, you retain the heat, even though it's a breathable barrier. It's you know, you can stay warm by keeping it zipped and neck warmers, et cetera. But um, I, uh, I guess the fabric, because it doesn't hold moisture, um, if you, water comes in, it goes right away. It, you hang the thing up after being in the wet all day, hanging in the basement, it's dry the next morning. And I guess the fabric so, becomes durable because even though both, pieces of fleece like on the exterior and on the interior are stretchable along with a barrier it it will stretch instead of give way when it's put under demand so i just find if i had one thing to wear in the winter i would be this coat and this bibs and i could survive in it whether i had to live outside um you if you're hunting out west on a trip and you fall in the creek and you're wet and other stuff you may not get it dry, uh, but our stuff, even around a campfire or anything, it just water repels out of it so fast. So it makes it much more comfortable 
for the long run. Yeah. So typically when you say the word waterproofing, like for me, um, and, and I know a lot of uh, technology has changed when it comes to breathable, breathable fabric. But when you say waterproofing, I don't, I don't think breathable, meaning the moisture is going to, my, my sweat and heat is going to stay in and potentially uh, cause me to get cold uh, when I go and sit in my tree stand because of that, that moisture is not uh, moving. Is that the case with this waterproof fleece? I know, you know, uh, you can overheat. If you, you have to unzip if you're, if you're really going in the woods, wearing the bibs and it's not too cold, but some people actually pack it in and put it on before they get in the tree stand. But uh, in general conditions, if you're out there and especially sitting a long time in a stand, um, even if you hit uh, snow down the back of your neck, the hood's not on, it kind of gets warm like a wetsuit rather than a cold chill. And it's, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely one of those things where you, you, you sweat, it doesn't leave your body. Cause I remember back in the day before all this fancy, uh, technology, I was wearing cotton, everything, right? So I would get, I would get sweaty. Uh, the cotton would absorb all, all of my sweat and then it would, and then I'd sit there and I'd just shiver for four hours. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so this has a little, this is a, this is better as far as breathability compared to, let's say a cotton. Oh, yes. And um, it, the barriers from ArgoFlex is the highest quality barrier out there. You know, they make other barriers that are fire retarded and others, but they're a worldwide company. And having the breathability and the stretch, um, it, you can't buy a cheap barrier. It, yeah. it, they don't make anything. So, um, and so it ends up making a fabric that, like I said, is breathable, but you're going to stay warm regardless and, and comfortable in it um, through any weather gotcha okay so I'm, I'm looking at uh i'm looking at your your guys's website and you have the uh, the waterproof fleece the waterproof uh, or the, the bib the jacket the fleece waiter pants and the long sleeve fleece shirt are all of right. the are all of these products designed for let's say cold weather deer hunting specifically or can they be used in warm weather or hot weather or um you know mild temps as well um no i'll tell you the the fleece long sleeve crew is just a simple shirt that i wear one every day in the winter over a t-shirt just it's a nice warm thing or after a long day out and um by the fire they're just warm and the waiter pants are good also they're both considered second layer whereas if it's really cold we'll have our next to skin you know uh, whatever your long underwear is uh, there's a lot of good quality manufacturers out there but then i suggest my waiter pants and fleece shirt over it and then the coat over that you're good to go down to almost the teens uh if you're going to really get into cold weather and wind then one of those Thin down parkas like all the companies make slide really nice under our coach. There's enough room for it without bulking. And then I, to me, it's unlimited. I've, I guess I've tested it in down to negative 10 degrees on a snowmobile for a couple, three hours and good to go. And, um, but if it's, if it's 50 degrees or warmer, um, there's plenty of other stuff that's better. I, yeah. um, mine's really designed cold. And one other thing about the fabric, 
you hear people talk about once it gets way below zero, fabrics get hard and crinkly, but fleece still performs. It's soft, natural. If the flow, if snow sticks on it, you just shake it off before you go in. But um, it, it, you'll be a lot more comfortable than any other fabric out there. Okay. So on uh, the, the bib and the hooded jacket uh, in, in particular, is there a fill in between the layers to, to help with the insulation, or is it just a, a thicker fabric? It's just a thicker fabric that acts as a shell, and the insulation you wear underneath, as I described, whether, you know, the long johns and the fleece shirt or even the coat. But you won't need more than three layers, and you'll be good to go. Um, uh, if that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, talk to us a little bit about the fleece wader pants. Is this a, a true wading pants, like uh, as far as duck hunters or crossing a creek and, and not getting wet is concerned? Yeah, I tell you, um, we had experimented in the past with them, and there's a lot of different ways to make them, but these have a nice ankle closure with Velcro at the ankle so you can cinch them tight to go into a boot they have deep side pockets that comfortable with two side seam pockets that can hold a billfold or a cell phone it has a zipper fly um, elastic waist with a um, some of the waterproof fabric as a adjustment so that you can actually make them tight enough to wear as regular pants um, or but they certainly work perfectly for under the bibs or some other type of way to of waterproof pant. Gotcha. Okay. All right. What, what temperatures do you think that this product line performs the best in? Um, I'll tell you from 25 degrees down to 10 below. Um, I think, uh, you'll find that, you know, it's um, a lot of the hunting seasons aren't that cold. I mean, some people get way up north and they may, but um, our products get used for a lot of other things too. You know, if you're running a boat, cold weather or snowmobiling, um, and um, the fact that it works as a good shell, it, it performs. Um, I want to mention some of the features on the, like the hood jacket. Yeah. We make the hood fit perfectly so you lose no visibility. I worked a whole season on that with my daughter who's great at fitting patterns and and while the hood also cinches down so that even if you're running in a boat or snowmobile, that it won't blow off, but it covers your mouth. So you have ideal protection. Um, there's, I think I said the draw cord in it too, to cinch it down. Um, the jacket also has for the pockets, side pockets. Um, I have Velcro closures so that if you do have to put gloves in there, you can use these simple closures that hide away. And you won't lose your glove like so many people end up having done. Um, we have two outside chest pockets, one on either side that are big, and then two inner pockets that are good um, for, like, neck warmers and hats and stuff. Um, uh, there's a hanger on the back to hang it up at night. Um, there's, there's magnetic closures on the hood um, that is detachable. Um, and it's sewn double stitched everywhere just for maximum performance. Yeah. Um, and all of this is made in the, the United States, correct? Correct. As a matter of fact, I make them myself right now. I'm a factory of one. Everything is production equipment, but I, 
I've been trained in college as a apparel engineer, so I do the pattern work, engineer the sewing, the layout, and keep improving it as I see improvements needed. So um, yeah. I. Uh, okay, so um, okay. you're. So I, I have a question for you. With you being a, a one man shop. If I call you up and I say, "Hey, man," and I know this this is opening uh, a door for you know, it sounds like you're making custom orders when you go to a show anyway. Um, if I called you up and I'm you know you live in the Northeast and I'm from Iowa here, uh, and I said, "Hey, man, I want you to cut down the waist a little bit or add some chest or or make my sleeves just a hair longer or shorter or whatever," do you do you have the ability to customize uh, the garment before you send it to me? Yes, and that's the beauty. But the trouble is, um, with the bulk and the freight, you know, just using the mail or UPS, you can spend fifty or a hundred dollars in freight just trying to get somebody fitted right. Um, so one of the advantages of being at a show and fitting people is, once I fit them and find the right jacket, and if the sleeve needs to be lengthened or shortened, we make all the notes. I write it down, and then somebody can decide whenever they want it and order it. But otherwise, the chances of fitting somebody the first time means that I'll end up spending, you know, $100 in freight, wasted money, and it's it's not as feasible. If somebody, so I'm willing to try that, but I, like I said, I, I uh, coats are pretty easy to do that. But, um, you know, if you, if you look at a dozen people that – wear extra large bibs and that I've done in the past, you find that four of them will be a 32 inseam, four of them will be a 30 inseam, and maybe another four would be a 28 inseam or even a 26. There's not the normal person out there, but yet the box stores all sell stuff like like we're supposed to be perfectly normal. Right. So I really, I pride and enjoy fitting people who can't, find stuff to fit right out of the box and um and uh it's surprising how many people are out there you know but um but it's hard to do mail order um but hey somebody give it a shot um i also really try to avoid christmas sales where the big onslaught um you know by doing the hunt shows up here in new england they're all after january so it's uh good cold weather where people can try them on they're thinking about cold weather and um you know, usually if people come on, they don't wait to order. But it's, like I said, I'm happy. Uh, I just want to get people fitted, and in uh, it in the easiest way. Right, right. All right. So, you know, obviously a brand uh, everybody knows Sitka. Okay, uh, and right. it's just easy for a, a reference point. Um, their incinerator bib is uh their their whitetail line bib it goes for 650 dollars obviously they're not direct to consumer like you are so you're you're selling at a lower price uh your product is made in america by you would you would you say that your your material and, and your bib um your your bibs or your clothing would compare to uh something like what they have yeah, I would go right up against them. You know, I've been looking at their stuff and looking. They have their Instagram ads too. Uh, and I tried on one of their jackets last year. Um, they make a good product. I've heard different things, but I would put myself up with the okay. best out there and see where I fall. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, and, and the, I think your, your bibs are $300 basically less than what they're selling theirs for. Obviously they're, they're not direct to consumer. You are direct to consumer. Um, camptowngear.com is, is your website. Now let's say a guy hears, let's say a guy hears this and you know, direct to consumers have their benefits with the the cost savings, but also at the same time, guys love to try on stuff before they buy it. If, if there's a guy listening to this right now and says, "Man, you know, I like what this guy has to say, but I, you know, I'd love to try it on before I make a purchase," what would you say to convince them to go ahead and place an order, get the gear, and then try it on at home? Um, you know, I'm happy to do it. And there's, uh, yeah, the last thing I need is the payment. I just want, I'll hold a credit card number or something, but the, the main thing is getting somebody happy. And, you know, I don't have a profit and loss statement. I have a make people happy. So, yeah. you know, if, if it costs me too much, I can't make somebody happy, then I won't deal with them again. But I, I really, uh, I just want people to try our garments and see, see, prove that it is what it is um or at least i can send some fabric a nice square chunk of fabric so somebody can actually see what it is and feel it and wash it a hundred times or shoot it with a shotgun or see that it doesn't unravel or how it holds up i mean you beat it to death uh it's um we stumbled across it but like i said it makes a good garment we try and make the best fit with everything and i'm still tweaking some improvements but we've got it so good now um but I'll be honest, I have somebody who bought one of my first bibs almost 20 years ago at a hunt show in Jackson, Mississippi, and he just contacted me. He says he's retired them twice, but he keeps bringing them out, bringing them to the seamstress, trying to get them fixed up to hunt with them because they're his favorite bibs. Yeah. There's no holes in them, but the elastic two-inch strap is ripped apart, the buckle's broken, five teeth out of zipper missing. So it's like these are all components that I don't have control about, but I told him to send it back after hunting season. I'll fix it up. But uh, I I stand behind a product, and uh, I really thought I could make a product that is invincible, but after seeing a few things that have come back and what people can do out there, <laughs> then I just... Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm I'm one of those guys who who I beat the crap out of my equipment, my gear. Um, one one question that really popped up into my head right now, uh, as far as durability is concerned, um, what about burrs and uh, thorns? And uh, I mean, if I was to walk through one of those patches, I think up here we call it over here we call them beggars lice, where they just, or I don't know, some people call them. Uh, fleavers yeah. or something like that i don't know but they stick right. all over all over your clothing uh right do they because yep. fleece has an issue with that right yeah that's a problem even with the barrier those things and their pain has to get out but you're right they do get in and if you have to walk through a lot of that to get to your stand then yeah that's a that's an issue but thorns or anything sharp you can wade through as as hard as strong as you want you'll never feel one of the thorns get through the fabric um they're not sharp enough um i've tested them constantly even going back to alabama uh i have a friend here that hunts every year through brush in martha's vineyard and uh he purposely wades through and he used to wear his grungeon um bibs and he ripped holes in them but ours hold up so um yeah um but the birds the birds are a problem is there is there a way 
that you know of to get them off easily? No, I, you know, I'd almost look at some kind of those nylon chaps or something low, something to go over your boots, something to just keep them off. But, um, yeah, fleece, fleece has a problem with those things, but that's, you know, it's very durable otherwise. Yeah. Okay. So we've, uh, we've talked a, a little bit about everything here. Do you plan on expanding your product line in the next handful of years to pick up some other garments or, or is this about it for you? Well, it's, uh, it remains to be said. I, um, I was really, you know, three years ago when I got licensed with Realtree, um, I was going to expand and do several shows, you know, try and do as many shows as I can in the market with the products I have. Then COVID hit and put it on the back burner. So we're gearing up to do our first show here in February in Massachusetts and then see where it goes from there. But um, if there's other products that either aren't easy to be, found or could be made easily in this country i will but like i said i don't bother with the basic hats and stuff it's it's really about making just simple fabric you know products that work well and um i mean if you look at the other lines out there the competition there's i get confused with all the different base layers and the middle layers and the and the stuff and then there's the closeouts it's uh i don't plan to change my hood jacket significant or the bibs you know it's they're been tested and they can only be refined and improved but uh i don't plan to you know i have played with the pants some although the fabric's a little heavy to make pants you kind of need suspenders so the bibs and the jacket are really the predominant products that i like to make i just sell the waiter pants and the shirt just to compliment it and uh yeah um see where it goes gotcha gotcha uh on on top of that then uh if there it you know the guys who are listening to this, uh, they want to go to Camp Town Gear and check out all the product. You know, camptowngear.com is your website. Go there, check it out. But then at the same time, if they're on the fence and they're, they're, um, they're thinking about picking up a, a pair, of, you know, a set of camo from one brand or another, uh, why should they consider Camp Town? Um. You know, it's a shame we can't all be in the same place and you look and compare them all right there. And then it's pretty easy to tell what you like. Um, uh, if they pick Camptown, they won't be disappointed because I'll give them their money back if they are. And nobody's ever asked for the money back. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, I tell you what, Mike, man, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and talk to us about Camptown. Uh, do you, before we leave, is there anything else you'd like to, to share uh, with your product or your brand? I uh, know it's hard to say. I know I'm kind of like the Wizard of Oz. I'm one guy trying to make a bigger image, but it's uh, Instagram has really helped. And uh, I, uh, you know, the next step if I get busier means hiring people. Where that's another complication to own. Right now, right. I'm very happy just doing what I'm doing. But I love uh, I love people to try my stuff, and uh, I welcome any inquiry and uh, any order. And I, I appreciate the time. Perfect. Well, Mike, I appreciate your time. Hey, thanks again, Dan.